Hello, anyone listening? Welcome back to... Well, I say welcome oh, back God. to Connecting Vague Dots. You might not have listened before, but this is episode 27 now. And we uh, stopped in November because we wanted to do other things. And we did other things, and they were a bit rubbish. And now we're back doing this thing, which is also a bit rubbish, but we like it. Hopefully slightly less rubbish than, than the other things. Hmm. I definitely think this is one of the least rubbish of our ideas. I'd like to think so. <laughs> Although yeah, I don't... That, the moment where Seth realises that nodding isn't captured on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be to be back doing the podcast. Um, I'm especially happy to be doing it in audio format, because I was just thinking if they were capturing us at the moment, um, they might have something to say about, about us. That they would be too busy laughing at um what why don't you explain, Seth? Okay. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to, aren't I? Um not that it makes the slightest amount of difference to you guys listening, but um <laughs> my mother cut my hair. <laughs> um, on Saturday or Sunday. It feels like yesterday. It looks like yesterday. It's still um, I can't really describe it to you, but it looks like I've been um, signed up to the army, and they've given me an army cut. Yeah, uh, it does. Or prison is another one that it sort of looks like. It looks like I'm going to prison. Um, what else does it look like? Oh, a wee character. I've had a wee character. You know, because the wee character's hair is very sort of flat on their yeah. head. With no volume. That's sort of what I've got going on at the moment. But I'm not the only one who's made... I, who's... I just thought... This just popped into my head. You look like a character from Train Spotting. Oh, God. So a druggie. A druggie. Yeah. Right. You look like a heroin addict. Brilliant. Well, I was very upset, as you can imagine. Because <laughs> I said, Mother, I just, I just like a bit of a smarten up before I get back to uni. Just a bit of a trim. And my God, she got out the eight on the um, on the razor. I thought, eight, okay, that's okay. She can sort of do the back and sides with the eight. Nope, all over with the eight. And when she got about halfway, she said, "This is what she said. This is this was the turning point." She said, "Anyway, Seth, um, I think there's only about three weeks between a bad haircut and a good haircut." And at that point, I said, "What? <laughs> Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that?" And I got out the chair, pegged it to the mirror, and lo and behold, it's bad haircut. A bloody awful haircut. Um, but I'm not the only one who's had something interesting done to their hair. At least mine wasn't a choice. Jay, you've actually opted for a different sort of hair thing. Yeah, I dyed it blue. Didn't look that bad. I suppose the blue washes out quicker than the hair grows back. Yeah, it's um, it's green now. Sort of like a mouldy colour. Yeah, it's a little bit mouldy. Um, it'll be back to blonde in about a week. Probably less than that. That's my hair story. It's very tame. Yeah, well, I mean, you've come out better, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Cause, oh, um, so you don't like it, then? What, your hair? Yeah. It looks ridiculous. Good. Thank you. Going back to uni on Monday, so it's all pretty well-timed, actually. 
<laughs> well, I'm sure your flat will be supportive of um of your new haircut. They'll um they'll think you look very dashing. <laughs> you know, I think it's somehow worse when people are like supportive of something they know is really bad because it it just. If they just said, oh my god, Seth, your hair's shit, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, we'd all have a laugh, get over it. But if they go, um, no, it's, it's all right. It's all right. I'd be like, oh, fuck off. You know, just just say it. Just fucking say it. Yeah, um, Seth is really yeah. bad. All right, thank you, Jay. It really doesn't suit you. <laughs> oh, all right. That's enough. Okay. <laughs> I know. The thing is, I've never had something like this that's changed my look so much. <laughs> but this really has. It's very transformative. It really is. You just wouldn't have expected it. I didn't expect it. Um, but that's enough about hair. You look like a monk. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. I shaved my pubes as well, but I didn't shave the penis, so I've still got long hairs coming off it. Off the bottom, obviously, not off the top. Not like spouting out the top. You've got long hairs coming off your penis. Not coming off it, you know, like on the on the bit at the start. On the bit at the start. <laughs> what are you on about? The bit, <laughs> bit where the ball connect to the penis. You mean your ball sack? No, no, just just above, just above. Right, but, yeah, I know the bit that you're on about. Yeah, all I was I gonna mean, say. Is I don't they... really know how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to do that, like no. really effectively. No, I don't think there's a way. Um. Anyway, shall we move on from our pubic hair? Shall we move on from our pubic hair, and shall we get on with the podcast? I suppose we could do, couldn't we? We could do. Yeah, I've been quite looking forward to it. Have you been looking forward to it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a couple of weeks now, you've been saying, "Oh, you know, I just want to do the podcast again." So here we are. Here we are doing yeah. it again. We're doing it again. It's just good. This is. Do you want to explain the concept? Do you know what? I think I will. Yeah. So, um, for those of you who are jumping in on episode twenty-seven, first of all, why, you know, sort of, what, why are you so late to the party? It's, uh, admittedly, it's not a very big party. It's, it's sort of a party of about ten, where we're all drinking Strongbow Dark Fruits. But you're still a bit late. Um, I, I would say drinking Strombo dark fruits. What the fuck is wrong with you? I <laughs> know <laughs> that's the sort of party it is. I think it's it's not a very. I, party. I would not go to that party. But you're. I you're mean, I wouldn't be invited. But you know, you're the host. You don't have to worry about being invited. You're you're already there. Hosting a party where people are drinking Strombo dark fruits. Yes. No, I'm not. <laughs> right. Okay. Look. <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm not going to try to do a funny metaphor again. Let's just explain the podcast. So, this is a podcast where me and Jay come... You're very out of practice with this, aren't you? Just let me... If you let me get into it, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. All right, get into it Here then. we go. ha ha hee This is a podcast where me and Mr. Pennells come prepared... Armed, equipped with uh, a film, a book, and an item of music. Item of music, like an item of clothing. <laughs> item of music, uh, like an album or a song. Um, all which 
have an underlying theme or link that we have thought of. So, you know, the underlying theme might be they're all about depression or something like that. And the other person in the call, aka Jay in my instance and me in Jay's instance, would have to try and guess what that link is. We've also got a point system involved where the sooner you get the link, the more points you get. And if you guess anyone else's option, then you also get another point. That was really terribly done. That was so rambly. I don't remember it taking two minutes before. It didn't. It used to take about 20 seconds. But I covered all bases, didn't I? I'm pretty sure you did, yeah. I kind of zoned out. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good. That means the listeners probably would have done as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. No, but they're not supposed to zone out entirely. Just have a zone of sort of white noise in the background. That's exactly what we are. We're just white noise. <laughs> white noise with bad haircuts. Yep. Um, I need a haircut. Yeah, you could do with one. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been about six months. Oh, not as long as I thought. Well, why don't you get one like this? Bit of a trend. I think it's going to catch on. No. Fair enough. It's... Um. You know, with sort of the low expectations that I have with your link and the whole podcast in general at the rate we're going, do you want the expectations we have of each other at all times? Yeah, yeah. So kick us off with your film and um, just remember I'm not expecting much from you. Okay. Well, the thing is, I picked this film and I had a vague wondering of whether or not we've ever picked, one of us has ever picked this before because it's V for Vendetta. I feel like you've picked it once upon a time. It's a bloody good film. I'm not sure if I have picked it. I, I might have done, but well, it's a it's a good it's a good film based on um, a comic book, which I think was written by Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember. Um, Adams as well, wasn't it? Sorry, Alan Moore and Guy Adams, I think. Guy, I don't know. I've probably made that up. Just carry on. I can't remember. Um. And it's uh, really good. It's set in dystopian London, um, very 1984-esque. And there's Natalie Portman, who is a person working for the government. And then she gets kidnapped by the Phantom of the Opera, who's also a vigilante, played by Hugo Weaving. A.K.A. the elf guy from The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And then at some point she meets Stephen Fry, who is uh, the token Marxist gay. <laughs> um, and then they're being ruled by a television screen of John Hurt, <laughs> which is a nice callback to 1984, considering he was in 1984 as... Um, the main character from 1984, I've forgotten his name. He doesn't really need a name, he's just a guy. Yeah. Um, well, that's actually annoying me. I can't remember the guy's name. From It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it's really good. There's lots of, obviously, you know, elements from uh, 1984, and because it's by Alan Moore, you get that sort of politics... Um, very fiercely political element of it that's 
tied in a little bit to um, Watchmen, which is another graphic novel that he did. And that's that's really good as well in a very different way. Um, yeah, I like it. Guy Fawkes stuff as well. It's good. I'm wondering if you can clear something up for me about it, actually. Yeah, I could. I can try. Um, so, I remember one of the selling points of the film was that it's got some link to the Matrix. What is that? Oh, not Hugo Weaving. I mean, like, what is that link to that? I feel like it. The Wachowski or whatever the name is that, that those sisters were involved in it some somewhat, or maybe it's the same producer or something. Um. The connection to the Matrix. I don't know. Oh, okay. Now I found it. Um, yeah. So Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski did the screenplay. So that that's. Ah, uh, did they? There we go. Um, Very good. Thank goodness for that. Um, yes, it's really good. I really enjoy it. Natalie Portman is brilliant in it. It's yeah. A, it's a really stellar performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Don't yeah, I've got a long time since I've seen it. I should have revisited it this week, but I um didn't. Oh, you really should. It's it re- it's one of those films that actually makes me quite um quite emotional at, at points, which is quite strange for me. Usually, usually I'm just dead inside. Yeah. Um, but I've got a funny little anecdote about *Before Vendetta*. Actually. Okay. But it's not even my anecdote. It's um, Alexander Armstrong's anecdote from um, Pointless. Um, and he was saying that um, Stephen Fry and Natalie Portman were filming V for Vendetta across the road and doing that Stephen Fry scene, I'd, I'd imagine. And it was opposite Alexander Armstrong's house. And he sort of came out and he said, oh, hello. And they were like, oh, hi. And then he had them around for dinner. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Nice story though. Imagine that. Imagine having Stephen Fry and Natalie Portman around for dinner. That'd be nice. That'd be a good dinner. Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry, I expect is very good company. Yeah, he's one of those people that um, people tend to go for when they say, "Who would you have your imaginary yeah. dinner with?" They they say Stephen Fry. Mm. Yeah. Well, I I don't really have anything else to say about Viva Vendetta. I think I've said all I need to say. I think you have. Um, I'm going to stab, stab a guess. Is it they all have links to 1984? No. Oh, but you you were trying to make me say that. Was I? Yes. Yes, you definitely were. Okay. Um, I'm still trying to remember the, the name of the main character from 1984. It's not Richard, is it? No. <clears throat> Andrew. Um. Um. Whilst you're thinking, shall I crack on with my film, or is that how we do it, or do we do one and then the other? I can't remember. No, it. it um. Uh, Winston. Winston. Winston Smith. Winston. Yes. There we go. And, and now it's time for your film. My film. Um. My film is the. Equally loved and equally hated Tron Legacy movie 2010. Okay. Right, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Okay. 
I thought I you would have seen it for some reason. I I've seen little bits, I think, but I don't remember anything from it. Okay, so this is going to be uh, an interesting conversation because I also haven't seen much of it. Um, cause I've <laughs> Wait, so you haven't seen it? No, no. I I've sat down and watched it twice, but on both occasions I fell asleep towards the end. Right. I don't. I, like that's not even a joke, and I don't. I'm not one of those people that just dozes off. I mean, I was probably about how old would I have been? Like eleven years old. Maybe I was a lot more tired back then. But I don't usually just sort of drop off like that. Um, maybe it's something to do with your psych, where if you fall asleep once in a film, then putting on the same film makes you fall asleep again. That's the only thing. Well, watch it this evening. See if you fall asleep. Um. Yes, but I don't really. The, what I did see of it, which is most of it. I, you didn't I, like. I. It's not that I didn't like it because it should it it should have been a winner really. It had um, obviously Jeff Bridges and Michael Sheen and yeah. cool ring battles and motorcycle races. Like it should have been that enjoyable, and it's got the Daft Punk soundtrack as well, mm. which alone just the album is probably way more successful and better than the film, but. All the same, it should have been a winner. The film should have been a winner, but for some reason, it it flopped a bit. It just fell very flat. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember why nobody liked it. I don't know why nobody. No, well, I know why nobody liked it because it wasn't very good. But why wasn't it very good? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was Disney, so they had the production value. They had they had everything they needed. Um, like I say, great soundtrack good actors and they've good source material tron is a pretty sick premise mm. but somehow it all went tits up um but it's still watchable i know people that you know it's got a very small devout following um but outside of that no no one no one really really caught on yeah <laughs> interesting i might rewatch it actually I might, I might go away and have a look at it, um, because I've always been vaguely intrigued by it. Maybe if you just watched it as a music video to the soundtrack, it would be a lot better. <laughs> I think I might go. I, that. I feel like that's that's a that's an interesting way to go into watching a film. Definitely, <laughs> like watching the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because you go, I really like the soundtrack. Does it have a good soundtrack? It does have a good soundtrack, but it's also a good film. Oh, well, no, I haven't seen it. Tell you what I did watch with an iconic soundtrack uh, yesterday or the day before. What's that? So, oh, sorry. That was a point where I paused for Jay to ask, and then we both ended up speaking at the same time. Um, It was The Third Man. The, oh, the Orson Welles one. That? Yeah. Ah, I haven't seen that. Is it any good? I prefer Citizen Kane, oddly enough, but it was it was quite quite good. Yes, yeah. it was good. Right, I am going to guess your link. Oh, this is gonna get cut so much. <laughs> A shotgun, not editing. Yeah, all right, fine. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um. With things with cult followings, is that is what I'm guessing for your link? Things with cult followings. Yeah. 
things with cult followings? Yeah. <laughs> no! No, no, no! That's nowhere near! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, that's so embarrassing. Oh, God. Uh, go on, Jay. Do, do your choice of music, you daft prick. You really hammed that one up, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> These moments happen so rarely where I just get to laugh at Jay for, for being wrong about something because... No, I'm not going to say that because I'll just boot his ego. Go on, do your music <laughs> choice. Uh, you've still got the same haircut, though. <laughs> You're still a massive Ben Ember. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> anyway, my music choice is Hugh Laurie, Let Them Talk. I think I know your link. Yeah, you probably do. <laughs> Um, is it an album, the Hugh Laurie let, let Them Talk? Yeah, it is. It's from 2011. And he did a follow-up one in 2013 called Didn't It Rain. And they're, they're both just albums of blues covers um, of like basically his favourite blues songs. Opens with a really, really good version of um, the St. Louis Infirmary. Um... <clears throat> It's, I just, I just think it's a really good, really good album. Um, he has a, a very, he's got a very good singing voice actually, Hugh Laurie, and he's obviously very good on the piano, and good guitar wrist, wrist. No, I don't know why, I, I don't know why I said it like that. Guitar wrist. I don't. Guitar wrist. <laughs> I've got a good guitar wrist. Good, good wanking wrist as well. Oh, Seth! Sorry, mate. Um, for God's sake, that was the obvious joke, and you were supposed to not go for it. Sorry. Your um, your link, I've got to say, is very, very clever, if it is what I think it is. I mean, it's not clever. So, obviously, c- c- can I... Are you done talking about the album? Or do you, do yeah, I... sure. Okay. So, ingeniously from you, you knew that Alexander Armstrong had had um, Stephen Fry and Natalie Portman around to dinner. And whilst we're talking about people that became famous on screen releasing cover albums, the name that pops to mind is Alexander Armstrong, because he has a brilliant, beautiful, classical singing voice. And he's released he many, many cover albums um, and just puts on various shows, a bit like Hugh Laurie, because he made his fame in the Fry and Laurie show, which isn't relevant at all at the moment. And um, then, you know, came, it really still came. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? Not sure if it came. Um, it might have done because the Foreign Norwich show is very good. But he released a couple of albums, uh, cover albums, much like our good friend Alexander Armstrong, who, as we already know, was involved in V for Vendetta. So, I mean, put two and two together, not very hard. Um, clever link from you, knowing that I'd know Alexander Armstrong. But your link is obviously is the Foreign Norwich show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was wondering, like, okay, how long is he gonna go on for this before he just says the actual answer? A long time, apparently. apparently yeah. Um, Foreign Laurie show. Eh? I wonder what your book. Oh, I know what your book's gonna be now. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Foreign Laurie, one of the best shows. Um, That's fantastic. 
ever, probably. It's, it's bloody good. Yeah. And he... Hmm? Hugh Laurie did, uh, did quite a bit of singing on there. He had a little excerpt in most episodes where he'd do a, do a song. And he did yeah. have a, had a brilliant voice. He plays piano as well, doesn't he? Mm. He usually um, played the outro, didn't he? He did, yeah. And three and four, I think, he played played the outro. Yeah. Well, Stephen Fry made a cocktail. Stephen Fry made a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a fantastic show. Um, yeah, right. Your music choice then, Seth? My music choice? Um, it's a song. Okay. There's quite a lot to unpack with this song. Um, and I'm going to go and say it. Probably one of the most controversial music videos of all time. Madonna, Like a Prayer. Okay. Released in um, 1989. Um, Jay, I, I wanted to talk about this because I wonder if you have a similar memory or if you were in my class. Um, but in year eight... We talked about seven, Like a Prayer with yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Bunting. Mrs. Bunting put on Like a Prayer and she said, you'll have to excuse... Oh no, she had a voice. Let me do a voice. You'll have to excuse... Um, you'll have to excuse my dancing because I really like this song. And then I she don't said, remember I, that she talked like that. Oh, she did, definitely. She said, if I put this song on, okay, I'm going to do some okay. dance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, I remember that. There we go, it's coming back to him now. Um, <laughs> and she put the song on. And this is in philosophy class, by the way. She put the song on. No, RS. And the same I was thing. Watching, yeah, same thing. I was watching her like a hawk. I wasn't watching the music video, I was watching her. Seeing, right, let's have a look at these moves, Miss Bunting. Come on, you said you'd dance. Dance, monkey, dance. And... By Jove, she started tapping her foot and swinging those hips a bit. And for some reason, it's such a vivid memory um, for me. It's I, I can't think of the song without seeing Miss Bunting swinging her hips and tapping her foot. And Jay, I'm wondering if you have a similar... No. No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Okay. Why? That's your. Was that was that when you entered your manhood? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, for the listeners, they don't know what Miss Bunting was like. Um, she wasn't your idyllic hot teacher that you're probably imagining. She was possibly the opposite. Um, so it wasn't some sort of sexual awakening. It was just mild intrigue on my part, seeing her dance, and now never getting that image out of my head. But, you know, she liked the song, so she moved those hips, you know. It was just what we should all do. She felt the music, she felt the groove. But let's get back to talking about the song for a bit, shall we? So, um, Madonna Like a Prayer, released in 1989. Um, and it was actually Pepsi bought the song as a... I was doing some reading on it this morning. Pepsi bought the song as um, the backing track to one of their adverts. Um, and this was before the music video came out. And then the music video came out, and then they're like, bro, what the fuck? We now can't play this song on our advert because of how controversial this music video is. Um, so they dropped the song from the advert. But the music video um, basically involved Madonna getting murdered by a lot of white men. And then a black man getting arrested for it. And then her going to church, dancing in front of burning crucifixes and making love to black Jesus. Which is probably an improvement to making a white Jesus. Um, but, I mean, 
I, I watched it this morning. I watched the music video and I was like, my God, I don't remember any of this because obviously I was looking at this one thing. I mean, yeah, that is exactly what the music video is. I think the main problem people had with it was Black Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Black Jesus. And that's such an ready. inane thing to have a problem with, considering that people have no problem with white Jesus for the last thousand years. I know. And he wasn't white. <laughs> <laughs> In Jerusalem. But what do you what do you expect? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'd White Jesus is something else. It's 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 one of those really strange things. Like we've got my family are quite Christian, and we've got lots of it's Easter paint- weekend as well. It is Easter. Yeah, see, this is very tough. We've got lots of um, paintings of White Jesus around the house, and um, have you ever, have you ever mentioned? Has it ever come up? You know, I, I feel like it has come up, but um, they're at the age where they're just deaf to it, and they prefer Jesus to be white. So, I mean. I like my Jesus is white. <laughs> I like my Jesus is like I like my tea white. Um, white with two sugars. Anyway, <laughs> what does um, that even mean? <laughs> anyway, look, the the main thing that I found astonishing when I was researching researching read the wiki page on this song. Is <laughs> the Vatican, the Vatican condemned the video. They set out a statement and said, this is blasphemy. This is a bad video. Like, I mean, calm down, mate. Chill out. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're a bit, obviously, self-conscious. Um, a bit defensive. But just let, let people do their thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> it's one of those things where I go, this is one... <sighs> Being angry about this is really not something I understand. It's like people being angry about WAP. Yeah. Um, WAP's a really good song, by the way. Says Like a Prayer. Music video's probably better, but Like a Prayer is a good song. I haven't actually watched the music video for WAP. And I haven't watched the music video for Like a Prayer in a long time. But there is an astonishing amount of people, mainly men, who swear blind that WAP is a bad song. And they are wrong. <laughs> I haven't actually seen the music video for WAP, but I can imagine what it's like because I've seen everyone else doing the dance to the music video. So, I mean, I, yeah. I think I get the picture. Yeah. Um, anyway, like prayer, Madonna. Just like a prayer. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do that. We'll get copyright struck. Yeah, yeah we were. I'm pretty good. Um... <laughs> Released in 1989, you say? Yeah. Tron was, that when, was that when the original Tron came out? Do you know what? It probably would have been about that time. I feel like it would have been a bit earlier. I feel like it was possibly even late 70s, early early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was earlier, actually, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Tron Legacy was like 2011, was it, or something? Uh, 2010. Uh, 2010. Right. Well, let's think, shall we? Let's think like a prayer and tron legacy i mean they're both very controversial i'm presuming that there's some element of controversy 
surrounding all, all of these things? Um, so that's your answer, controversy. Sure. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my goodness. Are you dumb? Are you actually stupid? Have you got, like, something missing there? Oh my god. This is so embarrassing for you. No, nowhere near, mate. Well, actually, you're not far off, but you're not that near. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, basically, no. Um, so, your book. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Do you want to guess? Jeeves. <laughs> Thank you, Jeeves. Goodbye, Jeeves. I can't remember what it's named. Jeeves and Woodhouse. No. Oh, my God. What have I done there? It's by PG Woodhouse, isn't it? Yes. So it's called something about Jeeves. Oh my Jeeves? Jeevedy Jeeves? <sighs> thank you, Jeeves. There's one called Thank You, Jeeves, isn't there? There is one called Thank You, Jeeves, yes. Okay. Um, Jeeves and Worcester. Yes. Blimey. There Jeeves you go. and Worcester is what I was going for. The first one um, is called um actually i don't know i have it upstairs and i've read and i've read it but i've forgotten what it's called are you coming down with sort of early onset alzheimer's or something because you seem to be forgetting quite a lot it's just i think it's lockdown i think that's what's done it i think my memory has Dissolved into sludge and mush. Shitty sludge. Mushy peas. I quite like mushy peas. Not that big a fan. No, I wouldn't buy them, but I'd eat them. (laughs) What is wrong with us? Why are we talking about mushy peas? Right, let's retract the convo. Here we go. We're back on the right track. Jay, uh, talk to me about Jeeves and... I've fucking forgotten the name again. Jeeves and Worcester. Talk to us about that. Jeeves and Worcester, right. Books by P.G. Woodhouse. Written in um, a period of time. I think he probably... (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. You alright? Yeah, mate, good. Carry on. You're doing great. (laughs) Did that one catch you off guard? (laughs) Written in a period of time. Yep. Brilliant. I mean, everything is written in a period of time, so I'm not wrong. No, well, uh, I'm just not very specific. Yeah. Be, can you be any more? Spe- you don't have to be. I mean, I've already guessed it, so it's not. I'm the guessing it's like the thirties and forties into the fifties. He would have written them, mainly short stories, or at least the first few stories were all a collection of short stories. Um. About Bertie Worcester, uh, who is a foppish, a uh, bit of an idiot, sort of middle class of the day, um, and his man servant Jeeves, his butler Jeeves, who basically sorts out all his problems and his life for him, and they're really good and they're really funny and. There is a very gentle humour about them. Then they never like seem to be 
attacking anything. They're just sort of poking it, poking fun at whatever they feel like at that time. Most mostly it's Worcester, who's just a bit of an idiot. And even in the first short story, he's talking about getting engaged to to someone. And almost every time he mentions her, because it's from the perspective of Worcester, all the stories, mm. so it's in his voice. Um, and every time he mentions her, he can't help but mention her figure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit objectifying. That's not very nice. But because it is written in, in such a way that you kind of go, oh, this isn't meant in like a really... In a in a in an unkind or misogynistic way, it's just that this man is a bit of an idiot, yeah. and I don't really have to take anything he says seriously. Yeah. So I can sort of, I'm a I'm a let this go. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm give you I'm gonna give you like a like a mini pass on this stuff, and uh, it's really good. And the the connection to Fry and Laurie um, is obviously they adapted it into a TV show think for ITV that essentially became the gold standard for any adaptation of Jeeves and Worcester or PG Woodhouse or anything really it captured the spirit the tone the the humour every single aspect of it was captured perfectly by the Fry and Laurie performances do you think that this show is the best medium to engage with Jeeves and Woodhouse? Jeeves and Worcester. Fuck Jeeves and Worcester. I'd say it's like it's re- it's a really good place. To, if you're th- if you're wondering about whether or not to start, it's a really good place to start, and then go read the books because the books are also really good. Yeah, I feel like I'd really enjoy them. Yeah. There you go. That's my link. Well, good link. It was meh. The idea was there. Um, yeah. It was. It was a good link. The thing is, if it was anyone but me, they probably would have struggled a lot more with it. Because I feel like me and you, obviously, we talk about stuff we like quite a lot. So when you say. When you say um, something with Stephen Fry, we both go, oh, Fry and Laurie. And then you especially go, oh, Jeeves and Worcester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, because it's got a nice link to my final option for the day, which is a book which we may have mentioned before, but we've probably mentioned the film before. Um, and because this is sort of the first Hello, We're Back episode in a while, I thought we'd stick to the old stick to the old trusty Neil Gaiman Um with Coraline today. Oh, Coraline. I remember hearing a story about um, Neil Gaiman on publishing Coraline. Go on. Which is, um, he was working on American Gods. He had this idea, and he sent it to his publisher or his agent, and they went, we cannot publish this. This is... No, just no way at all. Um, and he sent it to like a children's publisher who said, "No, it's too, it's too scary." 
Mm. Um, this was like the original idea. And so he went fine. And then he tried to send it to his adult publisher, who also told him straight up that it was unpublishable. Um, and he'd been working on it little drips and drabs, like he was mainly working on Good Omens at the, not Good Omens, um, American Gods at the time. But every, in the evenings, when he would go to bed, he would write a, a couple more sentences of Coraline. <laughs> just a couple of sentences. Just like, you know, 50 words or so. And then, um, so it would gradually get longer and longer. And then eventually, um, he forgot his American draft of American Gods, which he had to work on at the time. And so he just did Coraline whilst whilst he was there, wherever he was. And he managed to get it published by sending it to not his... I don't know if it was his publisher or his editor or his um, agent, but their child who they read it to, and they they were, if such and such, a, if my kid isn't too scared by it, we'll give you a deal. And they read it to their child, and the child said they weren't scared, and so they kept reading as so they got to the end, and so they went, fine, I'll publish Coraline. Uh, or you could have a deal for it, go away and work on that. And years later, he was talking to the, the child. And he said, so you weren't scared by it? And she went, no, I was. I was terrified by it, but I really wanted to know how it ended. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's bloody, it is a bit scary. I'll give you that. But the film's scarier. Is it? Yeah. I've not, I've not even, I've neither seen nor read it. Oh, Mr. Panels, you have to watch the film. You have to watch it. Um... The film is the best medium to see it in, definitely. Mm. Um, the book, I probably came to the book a bit late. I came to the book when I was probably about 13, 14. And I'd seen the film, so I knew what to expect. And hence, it, it didn't really do much for me. Um, but if you want to experience Coraline, watch the Henry Selick movie, because he does a brilliant job. And he's actually got a new movie coming out next year as well. Henry Selick, which is kind of exciting. Um, another stop motion. And, you know, I'm a sucker for stop motion. I think stop motion is absolutely gorgeous when it's done right. But mm. that's it. That's Coraline. Right. So, I'm now confused. Oh, no. Okay. So, Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. Like a prayer. Yepity yep. Caroline. Indeed. Tron Legacy was crap. <coughs> Some would say. Some would say. Most people said it was. Yeah. Like a prayer is good but controversial. Yeah. And Coraline is not particularly con- controversial at all and is also good. Suppose so, yeah. Would you like a hint? Yes. Um, think about 
Um, not the thing itself. Not the source itself. No, that's not very helpful. It's a little bit helpful. Think in terms of that. Not the source itself? Yeah. What are you talking about? I don't actually know. Um, there's something... It's quite... My link, it's, it's, it's not the easiest link to grasp, actually. Um, thinking about it now. I'll be able to explain it to you when you guess it or don't guess it. But... Um, I can't really give a hint without giving it away, I don't think. Um, no, I really don't think I'm going to get it. Right, well, okay. The best thing to come out of Tron was the Daft Punk soundtrack. The best thing to come out of Madonna Like a Prayer was the music video, probably. And the best thing to come out of Coraline, the book, was Coraline, the film. Right. You don't seem overly pleased, is it because you're annoyed at yourself or annoyed at me? Or both? I mean... That's a decent link, I suppose. It's not bad. It's not I'm not particularly happy about it. You don't like the link? Not really. Oh, I was going to try and make it a bit more round so that the best thing to come out of the music was a film and the best thing to come out of the book was of music and etc. That, that, that would have worked better. Yeah, still I've got two. I've got the best thing to come out of book being a film, best thing to come out of music being a film, and best thing to come out of a film being the music. So I didn't quite get the full cycle. but Yeah. Well, it's, a, that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an okay link. It's it's good. I can't be angry about it. It's not as bad as when you pick dogs. Okay, good. Yeah, dogs was dogs was good. That, uh, was, a low, that was a low point. Yeah, that was a low point. Um, okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <sighs> well, did you get any of the links at home? Shall we recap the scores? Let's recap the scores. So I get. Thought. You're on naught, and uh, you're on three. I'm on more, so I win. I think I'm on four, aren't I? No. No, I'm you got not. The music, you got it. You got the link at the music, so two, and then you got the book, which is one, so you got three. Three points in total. There we go. Wow. Yep, there we go. Oh, I'm just having a bit of a stretch. There we go. Oh, I had a bit of a yawn. Oh, dearie me. Jay finishes. Um morning routine um jay do we have any other news to impart before we before we part um not particularly we might be updating the format soon trying oh, yeah. a bit of a new thing we probably should have put this at the start really yeah but we didn't yeah that's true yeah um so never mind but if you've made it this far know that in future the format might be slightly different. So we'll look forward to that. Hopefully. That's about it. That's all from me. Yeah, and I think that's all from me as well. So so goodbye from me. Goodbye. So goodbye from me. Goodbye.